Wadku Kaitip, this is Nesky Manuel, and you're listening to The Bike Show on Resonance 104.4 FM in London and Swamuk Radio 91.1 FM in Swamuk Uluk. Thanks, Nesky. This is The Bike Show. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. And my name's Jack Thurston. On this week's show, we've got a pretty jam-packed show for the next half an hour of bicycling radio. And we've got news of a major victory for British cyclists against plans to use the highway code to crack down on bicycles. And we're making a short trip to Paris uh, to see what's happening over there and finding out about the new Parisian love affair with London's very own Brompton Folding Bicycle. And we're going to be taking a trip away from two wheels to one wheel with a feature on unicycling. But first, this. was a very exuberant be your own pet with bicycle bicycle you are my bicycle specially chosen for paul art rocker paul who's heading out on his bicycle off into the night or the early evening um in a pair of what looked like dunlop green flash and a very fetching pair of lederhosen or very or hot pants or something like that these art rocker people you know always ahead of fashion i think that is the word for it said at the introduction to the show we are going to be paying a little bit of attention on this week's show to a major victory achieved by the cyclist touring club and other 
cyclist organisations who have fought a rearguard action against government plans to use a revision of the highway code to make it difficult for people on bikes. Um, the plans were basically, well, quite a complicated set of things, but um, it all related to this rewriting of the highway code and essentially some redrafting of language which would um, kind of encourage people to to use cycle lanes or cycle tracks where they were provided and we all know that cycle lanes and cycle tracks and cycle paths in the UK are often some of the most dangerous places to ride a bike they start and they stop they take you uh, you know on a wild goose chase up some hill somewhere they're full of broken glass um, and you're in exactly the wrong place often in terms of road positioning to ensure your safety um, but nevertheless government was pushing ahead with these things which a lot of people thought were going to raise dangers that bicyclists involved in collision collisions when they were not riding on these cycle paths would be uh, liable to contributory negligence i think the lawyers put it basically if you weren't in the cycle path and there was one there and you're involved in a collision it is your fault whatever is the uh, actual circumstances of the collision but um the ctc and others have uh, fought against this um, 11,000 people wrote to their MPs about it and 20,000 signed an online petition at number 10 Downing Street. Apparently some MPs came in behind the, uh, the uh, campaign and um, it's all turned out pretty well. So um, that shows that you can fight the power with a bicycle. Um, I'm sure there's still a lot more things that can be done. And um, if London is looking for any role models for how to have a good positive attitude towards cycling they could uh, do a lot worse than look at across the channel at paris london may have got the olympics it may be that the tour de france is starting in london this year but um, paris is doing some pretty uh, startling things to make itself a more bicycle friendly city including the provision of 20,000 um, easy to hire bicycles that you essentially just can pick them up anywhere in the city, just check them out. I think you'd probably do it by mobile phone or, or, or swipe card. Um, and I think you pay something like a euro an hour. Um, and uh, you can leave them at your destination. Um, and 20,000 new white bicycles, essentially, is the scheme. Um, and it's pretty good. I happened to be over in Paris at the weekend and went along to the Fête du Vélo, which is a kind of pa- Parisian version of London's Bike Fest, Um, involving lots of uh, different stands there and a lot of rides going around the city. This is something that BikeFest should uh, replicate, I think. BikeFest tends to be in London just a load of government uh, bureaus handing out leaflets and some sort of worthy NGOs and and a long queue for Dr. Bike. But uh, the Parisian affair was was a lot more lighthearted, a lot more fun. And um, I went along and asked a few people what they were doing um, and, and what kind of things they were there to talk about and I started by uh, speaking to Sebastian who runs essentially the Parisian version of Velorution, kind of the most forward-looking progressive bicycle shop in Paris called uh, Velo de Paris kind of uh, that says what it is on the tin but um, I asked him specifically about the Parisians new love affair with London's very own Brompton folding bicycle. We love uh, folding bikes like Brompton because it's very easy to, to ride with uh, this sort of bike because uh, so big big city with a lot of uh, steel bicycle and then uh, 
you go to the office, if, if it's raining, you, you take a taxi or metro. Um, Brompton is very nice and uh, it, they make some uh, lovely colors and uh, we can put some uh, bags to go to the office, to go shopping and very smart. And how many Bromptons do you sell a year? Is it increasing? Um, this year, um, last year we sell around uh, 80, 80 Brompton and uh, we hope this year we make uh, 100. So is it common to see Bromptons on the streets of Paris? Because in London you see them everywhere. Yeah, we, we, it's a beginning in Paris because uh, I have the shop uh, since 10 years ago and at the beginning we sell maybe two of them and now uh, it's great. So I've stepped next door from uh, Sebastian's stand to another stand which is run by uh, Sebastian but this is the Cannondale stand. Uh, welcome to the bike show. Yeah, welcome to uh, Cannondale booth. And so you are selling bikes from Cannondale which is an American manufacturer to France. Yeah. Uh, is that an easy job? Yeah, it's, it's quite an easy job. In fact, Cannondale has been really famous uh, in the world of mountain bike and uh, road bike. Really famous for being the first manufacturer to uh, create road bike with aluminium, which at the time, for 20 years ago, was not that usual at all. And we've, we stepped into really high-end productions, really quality productions. We have lifetime warranty frame. We spend a lot of money on developing, testing. Uh, we have professional teams in road bike and mountain bike that really enable us to develop special technology adapted to the urban market these past days. So, so French people don't have a problem with uh, mondialisation ah. with uh, bicycles <laughs> uh, because they like to buy the yeah. French cars. Uh, you don't see too many American cars, but they're happy to buy the American bicycles, yeah? Uh, American cars is not really adapted to the French street. I think that's one of the main issues. You know. the, the thing is, I think in sports and uh, in general, when it's leisure, people are really open-minded. And uh, when you prove that you have a good product, people understand and they don't really mind about uh, if it's American or if it's German or Dutch. It's not a big issue at all. So what kind of cyclists are there in Paris? Uh, in Paris, you've got really different type of cyclists that's really surprising. It's really big, big uh, market for urban, urban, people, urban riders. There are really, really a lot. There are also a lot of people that are riding road bike, that are riding mountain bike. Uh, it's not easy for them. I mean, they have to, to travel a lot. That's the kind of people we meet really often on really far away events from Paris, like when you go to a free ride, uh, free ride classic in Les Deux Alpes, which is a really big show for mountain bike. You see a lot of people from Paris. They're always the ones that are really motivated to go riding out of Paris. And uh, for urban, it's really, really uh, big in Paris. More and more people are using the bike. I mean, I think it's a bit like in London. I mean, the traffic jam is really important in Paris. It's pretty hard to find a place to park. And people really find it easy to, to travel uh, on their bike. And it's going to be really redeveloped really with things like... Uh, uh, the town hall from Paris is developing. There are going to be 20,000 uh, bikes that are going to be put in Paris that you will be able to take. You pay for a while, you put it back in the garage. And those type of initiative is really helping to develop an uh, urban uh, transition in Paris. So on your stand, uh, the bikes which have really caught my attention are some very stylish, uh, chic, uh, black <laughs> bikes with uh, leather trim. Um, let's take a closer look at, uh, at a couple of those. 
behind the vintage, the idea was to create a segment in our urban category. Uh, we have some really good designers, one of them being Tony, uh, that have, that have uh, really been thinking about uh, developing a special segment that would uh, enable people to realize. You know, we're, we're at the beginning for our European headquarters, we are based in Oldenzaal in uh, in uh, Netherlands, so it's a bit inspired by the Dutch bikes. You, you can see it from the from the design. So what we wanted, we wanted a, a bike that was uh, inspired by the old Dutch bikes with really uh, high-end technology, and that is really really chic, like you said, and really developed around this uh, this theme. So we we chose the the black color, really um, really matte color, in order to make it really uh, really nice, really class, and uh, also easy to uh, to take care of. And uh, we developed a segment of four bikes around the vintage in the street, uh, street uh, segment. And you can find some bikes with derailleur equipped or Nexus equipped. Everything is based around the design, but also uh, industrial design. Like you will see, there's integrated cable routing inside. You have integrated um, brakes, integrated suspension in the, in the head tube. That is our head shock technology. We really worked a lot on uh, integrating uh, things on the bike to make it really, really nice. So these are bikes that can take a little bit of punishment um, and neglect, you might say, and they were, they're not going to go wrong. They're a bike you can uh, uh, service once a year or something like that, and it, it's not going to give you any problems. Exactly. In fact, what we what we think is our bikes for Urban are made for people who are using the bikes every day. It's like the second car for them, and people are using the bike every day to go walking. They want to sit on a bike, go riding, put it back in the house, go back next day without servicing the bike. And uh, that's what we've been working on with a real close partnership with people like Shimano that are developing a lot of things for Urban bikes. So we want something that is really reliable and uh, so that the people don't have any issues when they want to go walking and over here there's a jet black track frame bike although i think i wouldn't say you would use that on the track but it's a, it's that style of bike but it's a kind of uh, bicycle messenger style bike is there a big fixed wheel culture in in paris no not at all in fact uh, this bike was only sold in us and our dealer in Paris started to have some demands from the people who, uh, who've been watching it on the uh, internet. So he decided to, to have uh, five bikes in his stores. So we sent those bikes from the US especially for him. So today we have only six bikes like that in France. And they are all at Le Vélo Parisien in Paris. <laughs> um, is there a bike messenger culture? Uh, not at all, not in France. It's not famous at all. It's not typical at all. You got some a bit in Switzerland, but uh, in France it's not common at all. Some companies are starting to develop that, but it's not in the mentality of the French people yet. <laughs> not like in US. Not at all. <laughs> but. That terrible sound is the sound that is a nightmare for all cyclists. It's the sound of a bicycle wheel going over broken glass and it's an extraordinary machine um, here at a stand advertising the Dutch perfect no flat tyre tyre and it basically has a wheel uh, turning on a, uh, uh, a surface of broken glass and the wheel is resisting puncture and apparently is guaranteed for up to one year absolutely no puncture guarantee. To explain a little bit more about uh, the Dutch Perfect No Flat Tire, I'm here with Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, welcome to The Bike Show. Hello. And so what is special about this tire? It has a very soft uh, thing inside and all the glasses, the, how do you say that, the, the other hard things, 
they are bumping. Uh, they they don't don't go through the the softer pusha. So can we take a look at one of these tires a little more closely? So it's a kind of quite a big tyre. It's a classic kind of city yeah, uh, yeah. urban tyre with a, a thick tread. And here you have, uh, it's very, it's very uh, strong here. Here it's a normal Ah, uh, It's quite thick, so it has quite a cushion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And is it a little more heavy than a normal tyre? It's a little more heavy and you have to pump it up uh, very uh, far. The uh, guarantee is for one year, but the tyres must last for more than one year. Yeah, the tyre can stay uh, six or seven years, not, no problem. Uh, <coughs> but they, uh, they give one, way, one year guarantee because there are cyclists who are cycling a lot. Where are they from? They are from Holland. Uh, it's a Dutch uh, concept. It's a family uh, uh, enterprise. They had uh, this idea and uh, it's a very good idea. So you're selling a lot? Yeah, 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 yeah. So how many of these do you think are on the streets of Paris now? Oh, in Paris, uh, 5,000, 10,000 uh, maybe. Yeah. And what's the price? Uh, the price is normally uh, 35 uh, euros for one tire. Well, good luck with it. Okay, thank you very much and uh, goodbye to all the English uh, cyclists. Uh. Thank you. Well, let's have a little final listen to this terrible, terrible sound of a bicycle wheel on broken glass. Well, I've come over here to uh, the stand of Les Derailleurs, and I'm speaking with Vincent, um, who is uh, with the club, and this is a cycling club. Um, there are many cycling clubs in France, but uh, this one is a special one. Uh, welcome to the bike show, Vincent, and tell me about your club. Okay, uh, my club is uh, Les Derailleurs de, de Paris, but we, we exist also in uh, all France. Uh, we are a gay, lesbian and friendly uh, mountain bike club. And we, we are now affiliated to the French Federation of uh, Cyclotourism. I don't know the exact word in uh, English, but it's uh, it's a manner, it's a way for us to to open uh, a little better, a little uh, more our club and our uh, activities. And how many members do you have? 100 members uh, in all France, in France. Uh, most of them are in uh, Paris. And what kind of activities do you organize? Is, is, it, is it long rides or day rides or what kind of thing? Uh, in our club, we organize uh, each, each Sunday one, uh, one, one ride, uh, five or four hours mountain biking uh, in the forests around Paris. We, we go with the, with the train and uh, it's possible to, to take the, the bike uh, in the train during all the weekends. In, uh, in Paris, so it's, uh, it's nice, and it's in the forest, there, there, is a, there are a lot of forests uh, around Paris, uh, where it's uh, amazing to, to, to ride, and we organize two uh, we uh, weekends and short, uh, short holidays uh, in all France. France is the world's most visited country. Uh, I think the statistics say that more people come for their holidays to France yeah. than to any other country in the world. And of course, there's all the French people as well who like to make their holidays in France. Is it common for people to make a holiday on a bicycle? 
Uh, I think more and more uh, it's uh, there are a lot of, of ways to to ride on a bicycle. Uh, you can there are a lot of little uh, little roads of so it's possible to to ride with a normal bike, uh, a road bike, or it's possible too with a, a VTC. I don't know a, a bike for all the all the ways or with a mountain bike. So it's uh, with the the progress in the technologies, it's possible for each uh, age to to have uh, the fun with uh, one kind of bike. And so what was the thought about setting up a gay and lesbian friendly bike club? Was it there was a problem with the other bike clubs? They were not okay. friendly? Okay, uh, I think it was no, not so easy for gay and lesbian to, to, to do sports, uh, perhaps 10 years before. Uh, the society is more open now. Uh, now it will be perhaps not so, not so uh, necessary. But uh, I think for some people, for some gay and lesbian people, it's always, diffi it's always difficult to, uh, to be uh, themselves. Uh, to be uh, themselves, and to so it was a way to for a better integration into society. And now we uh, our our, cho uh, our choice is to to say we we're saying to us we want uh, we we want a better integration from the gay and lesbian in the society. So we have to open uh, ourselves uh, to the other. So you have members who are not gay or lesbian, or straight people. Yes, uh, it's the beginning. It's the beginning. Most of us are uh, gay or lesbian, but some of uh, some friends are coming with us who are straight. And, <laughs> straight. If, you, and if you were gi uh, giving some recommendations for uh, English people uh, to come to France to go cycling, oh. where would you recommend is the, the really good places to go? A really good place to go. Uh, it depends on what you prefer. Perhaps uh, if you want to see uh, See and little ways, uh, Bretagne, uh, Bretagne, and if you prefer uh, mountains uh, with uh, a lot of sun, perhaps uh, in the south of the Pyrenees. There, are, there are a lot of, uh, of ways near from uh, Perpignan, Narbonne, uh, Corbière. It's wonderful and amazing. <laughs> and will you be watching the Tour de France this year? Oh, from time to time, I'm looking the Tour de France, but uh, I am uh, always. Uh, uh, surprise when I see, for example, that uh, uh, a, a big, uh, a big rider uh, is very tired one day and in a super form the, the other day. <laughs> oh, it's magic! It's magic. <laughs> well, there's some very welcome skepticism from Vincent um, ending that package uh, from the Fête du Vélo in Paris, um, which was really very nice and. Um, while I was in Paris, I happened to run into Mike Ray, who um, is a keen unicyclist over in the United States. And um, I collared him and asked him to uh, tell me a little bit more about whether unicycling had a place outside the circus. I guess the sport has been evolving in, in recent years, uh, and especially we're seeing a new uh, push towards mountain unicycling or off-road unicycling, uh, especially in the States. Um, They're riding on off-road trails? Yeah, off-road off unicycling is kind of pushing the, the sport, you know, sort of out of the realm of circus, I think, and, 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 you know, a small niche of people into a wider, broader audience because it sort of has this uh, allure of, I guess, being kind of extreme, kind of an extreme sport, which I'm not really into it for that, but a lot of people, you know, want to get into it for that. How hard is it to ride a unicycle? for a start, and then how hard is it to ride a unicycle down a mountain? What I've generally heard is that it takes about 30 hours to learn to ride about 15 feet. 
Um, and right, does it get quicker after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, then you have to learn how to turn around corners and stop and start. And, and so it, 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 it's, um, it's a practice-oriented sport. Uh, it takes um, a, you know, a, a lot of time to practice and a lot of time to, to work up to it, but um, it's extremely rewarding you know, in that you, you, you do something small and you're very excited that you've accomplished it, and it's a great feeling, too, to be able to ride. And ride. then making the step to off-road... Yeah, I bought a unicycle in, in the States at a rummage sale uh, for $3 and just decided to learn how to ride it. And then it's just sort of a natural progression. You, you ride along the street, you learn to ride on all the obstacles in the street, and you want to kind of challenge yourself further. And then you hear about off-road unicycling, and, and you can pick up an off-road model, which is sort of a little bit beefier, bigger frame. It's better to ride on. And, uh, and they have a wider tire. I have a 3-inch wide tire on my, one of my off-road models. It's got hydraulic brakes. Uh, it's great for you know, downhills or uphills or, or whatever you want so to do. So you have more than one unicycle? Uh, yeah, I have five unicycles right now, but I mean, there's a lot of people with many more unicycles, you know, uh, that, that, that have, and I'm, I'm just, I sort of do it as a hobby. There are people who get into it. Uh, so talk through a little bit the technical side of the machine itself. Does it have a brake? Most unicycles don't have brakes, so if they started to put unicycles, uh, or brakes, pardon me, on the uh, uh, off-road, some of the off-road models that when you go downhill for a long time, the brake is really nice to have because the wheel is fixed. It's a fixed gear, just like a fixed gear bicycle. Uh, you can pedal backwards the same way you can pedal forwards. Um, and that's why you can see people, you know, sort of standing in one place, going back and forth. Uh, that's called idling on a unicycle. Um, and, and it's just basically, you know, you can pedal it forward, pedal it backwards. Um, uh, you can hop on the unicycle to hop up obstacles. They've started to put handles on the seats. So you reach down and grab sort of right on the seat. Um, and, and then you can hop up curbs very easily. Uh, people now are hopping up, uh, I think... Uh, uh, must be close to four feet, uh, you know, a meter and a half uh, up high from the ground uh, while riding. Uh, some of the some of the records. So one of the guys in Canada is uh, I got the I got the record on that now, I believe. But the Canadians are dominate the sport right now. They're very very uh, strong uh, unicyclists. And you're from South Dakota, so is there a big scene there? Um, we actually have a unicycle club uh, in South Dakota. We're going to hold the nationals, North American nationals uh, event uh, next year in 2008 in Rapid City, South Dakota. So we'll have everyone from North America uh, coming to South Dakota for, for the event. We'll be doing several off-road races and then have the gym competitions. It was kind of like figure skating only in, on a unicycle inside of a gym, that sort of competition. Uh, and then several other races, races and things like that. So what's been your most epic ride on a unicycle? I, I did a 50-mile ride uh, in the Black Hills of South Dakota. There was about 3,000 feet of elevation gain and drop on, on the loop, and um, I, I was in severe pain afterwards. It was, it was stupid. I had a lot of fun, but the, the last 10 miles were downhill, and that was the hardest part because on a unicycle, you can't coast. You have to sort of backpedal to keep yourself from going too fast, and so my knees were just totally swollen at the end. Uh, yeah, I was in a great deal of pain. I thought it was a big, a big event, you know, a big deal to go 50 miles, but I, I logged on to the, the global unicycle site, and there are many people who have gone off-road with greater elevation gain uh, much, much further than I have. So I'm just, it's just a, a, a nothing event, but it, it damn near killed me. <laughs> and do unicyclists tend to be cyclists first, or are there people who aren't really into bikes at all and they're just into unicycles? The, the people who are really into unicycles are only into unicycles, but like myself, I love bikes as well, and I kind of got into unicycling through bicycling. Um, but there are, there are people who are just, you know, traditionalist unicyclists, and that's all they do as well. And are there other kinds of unicycling? You know, do you have unicycle messengers or unicycle tourists, you know, go camping on, with a unicycle or, or touring? 
I, that, that is coming, yeah. And right now there are um, uh, unicycle tours. Uh, the You're kidding. No, no, there's a tour going through Europe uh, right now uh, this, 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 uh, this summer. I know they're, they're traveling through uh, some of the Balkan states and then across uh, into Italy and then up through, I believe, southern Spain uh, on these unicycles called cokers, which are about through a one-meter-high wheel. The wheel's about a meter, uh, you know, in diameter. Um, so the wheel can travel very fast, you know, with a little bit of pedaling. They go straight line very, very quickly, but they don't turn or stop very well. Uh, but you can go up to, you know, 25 miles an hour on one, which is actually faster than you can, you can run. Uh, most cases, so if you crash at that speed, you, it's really no fun. And do they have panniers for, for carrying luggage, or do people have their luggage going along in a, in a van behind them? I, I think people are starting to carry uh, either backpacks or, or yeah, yeah, like you say, the little bags on the side of the unicycles, kind of racks that would go behind that sort of get balanced out by the way you carry everything. But um, yeah, that, that can be done also. So what would be your recommendation for someone who wanted to have a go? I, I would t- strongly recommend well, it. How do you find a unicycle? What, how much do they cost? Um, there's, a, there's a great website called unicycle.com. They're really the world supplier. They're in the UK. They're in several different uh, countries as well as the United States. Uh, unicycle.com. And they have a whole range of unicycles from beginner uh, unicycle. You can get into, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, $70, $80. I'm sorry, I don't know the conversion to pounds right now. But uh, all the way up to you know, $1,500 to $2,000 you can spend. Uh, but it's great to start with just a beginner model because it's going to take you a year before you're ready to go off-road generally. And in terms of technique what should people bear in mind when they take their first faltering pedals out into the road there's several different techniques to learn how to ride a unicycle i learned uh, by holding onto a wall in a driveway and just sort of creeping along the wall little by little that's one technique uh the world champion charles unicyclist who stayed at my house a, a few weeks ago told me he learned by holding onto a shopping cart in a in a you know in a in a parking lot um you can do ski poles uh or hold on to a couple of your friends uh, their shoulders and and just take a long time to slowly get the idea of the balance of the unicycle it'll be very strange at first but if you keep at it you'll learn well, Mike Ray, thanks very much. Oh, the pleasure's mine. Thank you. Well, that was Mike Ray um, of South Dakota, unicyclist, possessor of five unicycles. And, you know, I'm going to have to give this unicycling a go. Um, I don't know whether that will merit an entirely new uh, unicycle radio program on Resonance FM, but who knows. And that is about the end of the half hour of the bike show. Um, the clear spot is up next. Uh, just time for me to say thanks for listening um, and keep penciling in your diaries the Symphony for Singing Bicycles uh, on the South Bank 10am on Saturday the 7th of July and there'll be a party um, from uh, the same time and on Sunday well I think Friday and Saturday anyway that weekend at the at the same place where we're doing the Symphony for Singing Bicycles we're going to be having a Tour de France party all day um, so drop in it'll be great Um, and look forward to um, hearing from you on the Symphony for Singing Bicycles if you want to take part in it. All the details are on the website, www.thebikeshow.net. Anyway, chapeau to all unicyclists, and uh, stay listening for The Clear Spot here on Resonance FM. You have one message. Message one. The message is Resonance 104.4 FM, brought to you by the London Musicians Collective www.resonancefm.com I shall now repeat the message. I have a text message for you. The message is Resonance 104.4 FM, brought to you by the London Musicians Collective. www.resonancefm.com To hear this message again, 